I am Brother Cornell West, and this is Hip Hop Can Save America. Peace and love, everybody. It's your man, Manny Faces. Just wanted to let you know that Hip Hop Can Save America is now available as a live stream show every Monday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time on YouTube. You can find it at hiphopcansaveamerica.com slash watch. Excerpts from that show will be played here on the audio feed, so you'll still get the good interviews that you've been used to. But check out the live stream and check out my free Substack newsletter at mannyfaces.substack.com. That's filled with all kinds of stories of hip-hop innovation, inspiration, and generally hip-hop news that isn't about dumb shit. For everything hip-hop can save America, hiphopcansaveamerica.com. For everything Manny Faces, mannyfaces.com. And if you find value in this work, you can support it. We'd love to have you aboard as a supporter at patreon.com slash mannyfaces. Now let's go. On this episode of the world's most important hip-hop podcast, from the streets of NYC, all the streets, to the National Palace in Norway, and now to a world of rapping dinosaurs? <laughs> Another inspiring tale of entrepreneurial success on the hip-hop tip. Check out my talk with MC, event host, and creator of Rhymosaurs, Zeps. My name is Manny Faces. This is Hip Hop Can Save America. Let's go. The thing about hip hop uh, today is it's smart. It's insightful. The, the way that they can communicate uh, a complex message in a very short space is, is remarkable. And a lot of these kids, they're not going to be reading the New York Times. That's not how they're getting their information. So hip hop didn't invent anything, but hip hop reinvented everything. This is Baby Girl Faces, and this episode is brought to you by Brianna C. Steffi, Toast, Squish One, Jesse G, Mark E, Silent Night, and Nicholas S. Though I knew him when I was running the now-defunct Birthplace magazine, an online publication that I created to cover New York-area hip-hop, I really got to know Zepps in Norway. I was there covering a hip-hop theater festival in Oslo called Speakerbox, and there were a bunch of New York folks presenting some really innovative work, including Baba Brinkman, who's been on this show, and the late, great Craig Grant, the brilliant actor and poet known as Mums. I found it fascinating that Zepps was not only the festival host, but that it wasn't a random booking. Zepps was pretty big in the hip-hop scene in Norway. <laughs> yeah, there's a hip-hop scene in Norway. Now, over the years, it was really interesting to see this Brooklyn-based indie rapper show up and rock New York's fabled end-of-the-week showcase, then be hosting a festival in Oslo, then be freestyling on Jimmy Fallon. He was quite literally everywhere, doing all the things. Somehow, as I'd find out later, often while working full-time in the corporate world. You know, as a speaker and hip-hop advocate, I work hard to convince folks who are less familiar with hip-hop culture that an authentic connection to this ever-evolving, creative, cross-cultural, inclusive phenomenon gives you something of a superpower when it comes to pivoting, to creating, finding, or remixing opportunities that others might not see. You know, make a dollar out of 15 cents. Get in where you fit in. And I often talk to young folks and let them know, even if you don't end up a mega superstar, there are plenty of opportunities where your artistic and creative hip-hop identity can make you some money doing what you love. 
From streets and stages in New York City to living and working in Europe, and now as creator of a great children's book series called Rhymosaurs, Zeps is as good a case study as you'll find. Now, before we get to it, remember, you can get a ton of inspiring and innovative hip-hop news and views via my free newsletter, mannyfaces.substack.com. You can support this show and the newsletter so we can remain independent and unbothered by the need that others have to dumb down the culture. Visit patreon.com slash mannyfaces. Now, without further ado, here's my conversation with Zeps. My man, Zeps. What up, my friend? I'm good, dude. I just realized I still have my green screen up, so you could put wacky things behind me. I don't know how that works. Mm, that might be fun. <laughs> the things that we could do with video nowadays. Uh, listen, this is long overdue, man. I appreciate you taking the time to kick it with me. Uh, we've uh, we've known each other for a while, and uh, and you're doing a bunch of cool stuff. You've always done a bunch of cool stuff, so that hasn't changed. And I figured it's long overdue that we get you on here to talk about all your wonderful endeavors, past, present, and future. So right. thanks again for your time, man. Um, Thank you. I want to go back real quick. Uh, I'm, I'm lucky enough that I know you. Some of the guests I don't know very well. We spent some time together overseas uh, in, a, in a far, far land, far, far away called Norway. And uh, crazy. Now, it's not now I want to bring that up, not because it's, you know, uh, a humble brag that I was out in Norway chilling with the, you know, you and some other good folks. The Vikings. Um, the Vikings, but you've been out there a few times and I just, I'm, yeah. I'm curious. I want to take it back to like kind of the rap stuff that you did and you know, why you were overseas and what that relationship was all about. Just so people get an idea of like, you know, who you are, what you do and what you did. Word. Honestly, the Norway thing kind of changed my life and more, more changed my path as an MC. Cause when I went mm. there in 2007 for the first time, I was in my late twenties and I was still trying to be a rapper, like get signed and be on Arista records or, or be on yeah. the face records, you know what I'm saying? I was really trying. Right. Um, yeah. It didn't work out. But being in Norway showed me that boom bap culture was like appreciated. So that's mm. what made me want to move there. And then I ended up two years later, just spent my own money and kind of became a nomad, musician, <laughs> vagabond, yeah. drifter in Norway and Scandinavia. Yeah. And then, you know, again, I was pursuing this rap dream. Trying to be a rapper, warming up for all the big American acts in Denmark and Sweden. It was crazy. I battled disaster like 11 years ago in Malmo. Mm. That's crazy. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, I know. That, that, that happened. Uh, but Norway instead was like, hey, have you ever hosted a dance battle? And I was like, no. But they needed a host in English. Somebody that could cater to all mm. the different countries visiting Norway to battle. Right. And I'm... I got the freestyle wit. I'm quick, quick ideas. Yeah. So uh, I jumped in there. I volunteered to host. Little did I know they paid me. Oh, I was just nice, nice yeah, side benefit when that works. <laughs> it, yeah. Their names are soul sessions. Oslo. That's the name of the crew. Mm. They gave me my first ever dance battle hosting gig. And then I started to reappreciate the element of emceeing because I wasn't just focused on rapper and fame and MTV movie awards. I didn't, that wasn't a thing for me anymore. Now it was learn about popping and learn how to, the, what semifinals are and like, and get into this art of event hosting. Mm. And that's how my continuation, uh, it's why I met you at Speaker Box was because I'm now, I'm hosting all kinds of festivals in Norway because of the dance battles. And that's now corp corporate stuff. Yeah, that's yeah. what's up. I, you know, I, um, 
this is a long time ago now, but my first chance to get into Europe, right, was because of hip hop. Um, so sure. I was covering uh, the uh, Le Original Festival, which happened in, in Lyon, in France. And it was like, they'd done it for Beautiful. 10 years. I love Beautiful Lyon. First, play, first place I've been in, to in Europe and still my best uh, trip. I've been a few other places, luckily, but that was special. And they had a, like a four-day hip-hop festival and they, it was the 10th anniversary. And I'm bringing this up because I want to I wanna point out what I noticed over there. And maybe, you know, you'll be able to, you know, talk about this a little bit. Mm -hmm. They had, you know, they had B boy, B girls spread out in the in the cent town center, right? There's this town oh, yeah. center, and like on the balcony of like the 600 year old building that used to be like the governor's mansion. Uh, yeah, DJ yeah. Bob, DJ Babu is spinning, right out wow. into the out into the the town. I know that area because they have a lot of those steps. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, exactly, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So then over here you have the cafes and this is uh, Easter Monday, right? So the Monday after Easter, everything stays closed, but the people come out. And so you have cafes, you have people sitting, drinking their beer in those weird shaped glasses. Yeah. And, you know, they're all hanging out and, and there's, there's graffiti artists painting these giant like replica trains. And it's all these folks out here that are not hip hop fans at all. They're just Leonese. They're just townsfolk. They're like, they're like this is happening. In, They're like, the this background. is happening, and we're but we're gonna watch it. We're gonna look. We're gonna engage. Yeah, we're gonna yeah. walk around. We're gonna pay attention to it, and like I can't even see if like and all you know elements were being represented, and you think about like if someone had done that in New York City or you know the the mecca, the birthplace of hip hop, or any big city in America. <laughs> How many people would just walk by and be like, I ain't got time for this. I'm not here for this. And they're just gonna, you know, walk yeah, by. Yeah, I'm on my lunch, I'm on my lunch break. I can't, I got I I gotta keep going. Yeah, exactly. That's true. Yeah. So I wonder what it is. And I, my thoughts was that were that, you know, art culture, it's such an older you know, uh, uh, community. It's such an older civilization in Europe. You know, yeah, like I yeah, said, yeah. that building is six hundred years old. It survived the bombing. You know, of sure. in the war. Is their appreciation different? And we've hear we hear this all the time from you know American artists who go overseas. Yeah. Explain that phenomenon of of how Europe treats hip hop specifically. Ah, that's a good question, man. I did notice. You know what? What what piqued my interest was when I was running around Bergen and Oslo in two thousand and seven. Yeah. Every poster I saw on like the post no bills and like the the concerts that were happening in Norway, yep. Yep. it was like nonfiction, primo, to Tony Touch spending live club night, you know, Talib Kweli, whatever. It was like all this like real underground stuff, like cellar dwellers, like you know <laughs> wow. what I'm saying, like yeah. uh, boot camp click people, like you know, duck down yep. stuff. Yep. So I'm it's 2007 and I'm looking around going like these are the big concerts. Mm. It was no pop. I mean, there was pop music. My bad. There was, right. there was, but my eye was like, oh my God, large professor right. live in Oslo. <laughs> right. <clears throat> so right. yeah, I realized for OGs, you, you know, you get 20 people to see you in Queens, but you go to Bulgaria or you go to Croatia and you're rocking for 3000 at a sick festival that you mentioned that has graffiti and B-boys. And yeah. I think because we started hip hop and they kind of like embraced it. I guess they look at it like, oh, Bronx is like, I, I got to visit there. I got to go see. <laughs> right. You know, some people do that. Some people make yeah. that trip and go to That's Cedric. True. That's true. The pilgrimage. So, And then, you know, <laughs> when I'm out there, I got the accent. I got the Brooklyn accent. It sticks out. And uh, you do you do a little better. You know, you, you, you get noticed. You do your thing. And yeah. 
it, it, it really helped me embrace the culture more, man, because I wasn't even into any breaking stuff at all. And I feel right. bad about that. I was 27 when I finally started rocking with B-Boys. Right. Like ra rapping on stage with right. B-Boys killing it right behind me or next to me. Mm. I don't want to say behind me because chill with that. Like I got to share the stage with them. I understand. I was 27 and it was 2007. And that's kind of crazy. For the kid from Brooklyn, it took that a quarter century right. for me to rock with B-Boys like in another country. Right. Yeah. And now I now mean, I love it. Now I'm all about it. You know that we lament these things, you know, you know us elder statesmen of uh, states people of hip hop, you know that uh, we can, you know it still exists, it's still loved, it's still passion. There are people who do it. Yeah. You just don't always see it here. But uh, you know, mm -hmm. I appreciate that that testimony that it's uh, still alive and well. And it's something that I we can it. learn from what we passed on to other countries that we now maybe need to adopt that mentality back. So, you know, I appreciate that. Uh, tell me about, so you mentioned Brooklyn, you mentioned growing up, like what was your background history? What was your connection to hip hop from the beginning? I grew up in a wacky part of Brooklyn called Gravesend or Sheepshead Bay. I was right on the border. Mm. So, um, and I had an Irish Italian stepfather. I'm Puerto Rican, but right. you can hear how, in my, how I talk because of my neighborhood. I can't. It's always going to have that, bro, what are you, Manny Faces, bro? What is that, He-Man? Is that a He-Man reference? And that's, he made it his name. Does his head turn around? Can he spin his head and change his mood? Manny right. Faces, bro. I had the action figure. What are you kidding me? What? That's just how I talk. I can't help it. Yeah, I got you. So that's my part of Brooklyn. It was real fun. It was like, we had a lot of parties, crazy stuff in the neighborhood. We were the Avenue U boys. That was AUB. Mm, that was the acronym. Okay. So it was regional. It wasn't like right. a a gang name or it wasn't anything like that. It was more like right. we're from Avenue U and we right. were East side Avenue U and there was Avenue U boys on the West side. They were not even, they were completely separate, mm. but we never ever clashed because we were both repping the same Avenue. So we always were just like, Hey, how you doing? Well, nice to meet you. Okay. West side, East side, what up? Okay. It was very wild, very I iconic, like little like restaurants, like Roland Roaster. I don't know if you've ever been to there. No. LMB Spumoni Gardens. It's like the square pizza with the sauce on top. People yeah. come from far away to come eat at these places. Mm. It's it's a different vibe. It's also all connected to like, so my area was Brighton Beach and Sheepshead. And then you got We Be Foolish and Jayhan and Mike Swift. And then boom, that's where you got Nems and Coney Island. It's all one area. It's it's the way gotcha. Nems talks. It's the same kind of, yeah. you know, it's, and when I went to the Bronx, I was sort of Rican. When I went to Spanish Harlem, I was sort of Rican. Right. right. Because I told, hey, what's going on? They're like, what do you sound like the Sopranos? I'm like, I can't help <laughs> Right. So that I was my hip-hop, you know? Like, I grew up on 90s hip-hop. But at the same time that I was around the How You Doing Kids, yeah. my high school was in Manhattan. So I had to commute on the subway every day to the city, to Midtown, the High School of Art and Design. We got a lot of alumni like Mob Deep and Jay Mills, uh, like rappers. Uh, and being a Brooklyn kid, having to travel to the city every day for four years, I then became like an all city, five boroughs adventure kid where I was like constantly right. crashing at my boy's house in Kew Gardens in Queens. I was in Parkchester a lot, co op city sleepovers. I was in East Flatbush. I was in Staten Island heavy. I was in Corona heavy. I was in Flushing heavy. And then my my accent and my voice became city. Mm. Like I got a I Brooklyn say, accent, what, but 
Yeah. I was gonna say, what does that do when you get that? You know, all city like to to New York, people don't know from not no if they're not from New York. Like to have it all city means you're worldly without leaving yeah, your yeah. city. <laughs> and some people are some people you can live in your little bubble. You live you live in like right. Mill Basin or you live out in like you know somewhere in far, Rockaway Queens. That's your little world, and oh, you don't really whole, go to yeah. you know. But even like I say, I say done because a lot of my friends from Queens, yo, was popping done like on some <laughs> right. Mom Queensbridge kind stuff. of yep. Queensbridge, yeah. but that's not where I'm from. I got you. But uh, yeah, I think it was good. It shaped it shaped who what I was because <clears throat> I appreciated Manhattan. I appreciated what I had. It was my playground. But back in the neighborhood, it was still like, it was real, dude. Bat yeah. baseball bats and like crazy fighting and drugs. It was wild. Where, where did you start? Where did you start? Well, when did music, you know, or, or want an MC high or school. get involved in the arts? Yeah. That same time that I was like in my neighborhood and going to high school, kids were doing the, uh, in high school, kids were doing lunchroom beats. Yep. Oh, I'm probably shaking the camera. Yeah, right now with many faces on the podcast, freestyle, like, wow. And I would rhyme about school lunch and right. like the old teacher who had the crazy turkey neck. I'd, I'd rhyme about that <laughs> shit. Right. <clears throat> but Freestyle. then I was like, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, playing around. I'm, yeah. I'm a goofball. I also noticed that people enjoyed it and like girls thought it was cool. If I rapped about the hat that was black and yellow, I'm the kind of fellow. I got pejuelos like abuelo. And they were like, oh, he, he rhymed about my hat. Right. Hey, what's your name? Nice to meet you. Icebreaker. Right. House, house parties? Freestyling at a house party? I did all right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yeah. I did all right. Get you get yeah. gets people spark you up. You get free beers because of it. Oh, he mentioned my Tom Brady jersey. Yeah. That was sick. Here's a freaking Modelo, bro. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, in the neighborhood, my friends, the Brooklyners, they the, the Italian kids, and they were rhyming too. So I had this like double life of like trying to be serious with the Brooklyn kids, but silly with my high school friends. Mm, okay. If that makes any sense. So I appreciated yeah. being lyrical and having humor. So that's why yeah. I loved Big Pun and I loved Ludacris and I loved Sean Price because MF Doom, there was always humor. Yeah. Humor <laughs> in the rhyme. So, yeah. You know, while I'm listening to all this 90s hip hop, I'm still listening to like Gloria Stefan and Bette Midler and all the, and Linda Ronstadt, the stuff right. my parents were listening to, you know? Sure. Uh, uh, the Carpenters. <laughs> You gotta get some Linda Ronstadt, man. You gotta Yeah, Nat King Cole. I'm 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 crushing that. Yeah. And then I'm noticing samples. Oh, that's Sting. Nas is rhyming on Sting because I listened right. to that music. Yep. yep that was yep. it for me, yeah. Just trying to be a rapper, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, put putting out some music here and there, putting out some like uh yeah. a, a releases, uh hitting the stages. New York City had a great uh, you know, bunch of uh, breeding grounds, so to speak. My rap college was you know, pretty much EO dub was like my 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 university and I had yep. three professors that a lot of us know, you know, yep. Vice and Zoo and and Pro were yep. my were my professors in a way. Yeah. Because that was my like dojo. Oh, they called it the dojo. Yeah, I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah. It was my place where I could train and practice and, and get I got thick skin there. I learned how to lose. That's huge. Right. I, I right. learned how to lose, you know, and get better. So Yeah. The open mic scene was beautiful. And then, of course, all the different battles and the freestyle competitions. All of that made me a good MC for the dance battles. Because right. I'm doing like Freestyle Mondays and I'm doing an MC challenge and winning. 
Now I'm in another country and I'm telling the the organizer, yo, bring me a box of objects, bro. What? Mm. Just a box of random shit. Trust me, right. it's going to be sick. Right. And then boom, hey, we got to kill five minutes in the semifinals. <laughs> the, ju- the judge is taking a shit in the bathroom. Right. Oh, all right, kill five minutes. <laughs> bring the box. Grab right. the box of stuff. <laughs> Right, DJ split, and I'm boom. I'm pulling things out of the box, killing it, in 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 you know, in front of a bunch of European people that appreciate that that vibe. I, and I, I always yeah. say that every not to cut you off. I always say that like every not to say failed rapper, not a failed rapper, but anyone who you know works the rap thing, right? Whether they That's become like a it. yeah, whether they become a, a star or not, is a better communicator, is a better public yeah. speaker, is way Ooh, more like confident. That. You know, they, in front of crowds, they're not they, their their confidence yeah. isn't right. So you have those skills taught to you by you it's know true. rap, and now you because grab to use them. Four elements. A, yeah, hundred percent. And what you said earlier, like when you were in Leon and you saw that there was graph happening, boom, with the DJ spinning, boom, there was people on the mic, boom, and there was people dancing. That's all four elements. Right. When when I noticed that in Europe, I was like, I need to, which is crazy. I'm saying I need to bring this back home. Like That's it's where I, I'm from where that started. Right. But I was like, I have to combine this. So then I started doing shows in New York again. New, Norway inspired me to throw parties with a projector and a street fighter tournament. Like, mm. to, like video games is part of hip hop. So I was like, if sure. I'm trying to make my, my, my shows fun, I'm going to invite dancers and I'm going to have a, a fashion show and I'm going to have a street fighter tournament. And that's why I started to try and do different things. Right. Mix yeah. the elements. While I'm pursuing the rap thing back in New York, I'm now working in offices again. And I started working at Audible because I know you spent some time in Newark. Yeah. At the same time, I'm being a rapper and being a uh, a host overseas. I'm doing corporate rap and bringing DJs to the office. And I'm getting my DJs hired for company Christmas parties. And they're flying me to festivals to host game shows and freestyle. Yeah. I'm doing hip hop content for the suits while I'm doing international dance hosting <laughs> right and, and and learning how to both both sides I can't curse mm. I can't be mm. I can't use foul language for the dance battles and I can't right. uh curse for the all hands meeting right <laughs> right so, in the con- in the conference room in the yeah. conference room you can't right. drop an f bomb <laughs> yeah. so that right. set me up for being able to do it on all avenues and then why I wanted to start doing the kids books. So it was like a path that kind of like, you know, the Europe thing and then the working at audible thing, mm. but heads in a good way. Instead of like, I used to have to be like dark wing duck when I was working at the like temp agencies and the law firms. <laughs> yeah. I'd have like, I'd have my little blazer on and my tie and how you doing? And yeah. then. <laughs> right. Hip hop man. <laughs> change in the bathroom and go enter a battle. I was like, you know, going to a bragging rights Funny. battle back in the day, you know? Yeah. After work. So it's funny. Uh Audible let me do both. They were like, you could be Clark Kent and you could be Superman. Yeah. Just keep doing your regular job and we'll feed you this hip hop work. I love that. And that, man. And that was Isn't crazy. That great yeah. when, oh, listen, yeah. I, you know, the the folks I used to work with that we ended up uh, branching off and doing podcasts and such, you know, we're in the journalism world. But now, like, you know, they call me, they know my government name. They they used to, they paid me for 20 years. But now I'm Manny Faces. Yeah. I get to walk around and, and take my persona out into the world and have that freedom, you know, and, and some I places. That. I mean, that's really a, and this, this is why I want to talk to you so much. You've done so much pivoting and picking up, you know, different, 
Uh, clues, you know, and 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 uh, yeah. offshoots of what you've been doing. Not everyone sees those opportunities or takes advantage of them or recognizes yeah, them. You know, how intentional is that, or how is it that you just happen to have a knack for saying, "Oh, there's something I can do over here. Let me try to flip it." Like, can I, others I, learn from it? You know, I want others I, to say, "Oh, I, I could do this." I you think know? so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when you get older, there's an age gap on rapping. Mm. There's so many OGs. I mean, everyone I mentioned earlier, they're all in their 40s and 50s, and they're still traveling still to Europe and perf- performing in Italy. And kill- And I love that. What I mean is, because that wasn't my path, you have to find professional ways to use those skills and apply it. If hip-hop is everywhere in the world, it's in every business, you just have to find your way to provide that. Even on my business card, it says consult hip-hop consultant. Because mm. it makes sense. Like, hire a guy that knows how to get a good DJ and get real B-boys to your event, like that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I think it did just kind of happen. It's stumped, like the audible thing just happened because I was a temp and then I got hired. And the dance battle thing was just because I was in Norway trying to make it as a rapper and it just kind of happened. But when right. you when it just falls in your lap, you just run with it and just be like, all right, I got to make this work. And then I kept pivoting, like you said, and now I'm writing children's books, yeah. full circle, teaching it to kids and doing assemblies in schools. Yeah, I Let's saw. I saw that. that no, no, go ahead. Well, I was just saying. No, I, I saw that, go ahead. an article on LinkedIn with Mickey Facts doing similar stuff, where he's helping rappers learn ways to use their skill and get ghostwriting jobs and produce and license music for cartoons. Like that's it's yeah. simple stuff. But if you teach more kids and youth that, you're not all going to make the NBA, but you could play in Turkey. Right. And that's kind of cool too, bro. You're chilling in Turkey in a nice apartment and you're making a nice salary and you're balling in Turkey and then maybe you make it back to the NBA. It's true. That happens. But yeah. the the yeah, the education stuff, again, it was more of a feeling old thing. <laughs> I was I remember, dude, it was actually Supreme Bars. My wife was pregnant. I took the subway to enter Supreme Bars with motivation because I had a pregnant wife. I was like, I'm gonna win. I need that gift card. Sure. Yeah, I remember that the prize was like a $100 Visa gift card. Yeah, sounds right. I was right. like, yo, I need that. Right. So I won. I get the trophy, get the gift card. And then I start feeling like, yo, my pregnant wife is home and I should be next to her to ready mm. to make a sandwich with peanut butter and pickles <laughs> if she's got a wild yeah. craving. But here yeah. I am gallivanting around Manhattan, pursuing my dream as a rapper and I should be doing the right thing. I spent half the gift card to take a taxi home to get home in 20 mm. minutes. I didn't want to take a two hour subway journey. Yeah. And that's yeah. when I thought of, of Rhymosaurus was that, that, that morning when I woke up all night, I stayed up thinking, what can I do yeah. and continue rhyming for my kids? I got up, I made breakfast, I took a shower and the name popped in my head. Uh, showers, I tried, showers are great for that stuff. Showers are crazy. Oh, thought, man. Think, think tanks. That's the, I thought <laughs> that's it. robots, alien. I started with robots, then aliens, then monsters. I even was going to go vehicles and something with trucks. Mm. And I kept going full circle and I couldn't find a name like that. I can combine hip hop with monsters, hip hop with <laughs> robots, right. hip hop with monster, uh, with monster trucks, monster right. truck robots, that's two transformers. <laughs> right. right. And then I, you know, the trademark violation. Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> And then I and then I got out the shower and it was rhyming dinosaurs and I was like, oh, I think I got something. 
And then yeah. I smashed the, I smashed the two words into one, rhymosaurs. Yeah. I screamed at my wife. I was like, babe, come here. Right. I need to use your computer. I got to Google something. She was like, huh? You bugging out? What's up? I was like, I got to Google something. And we Googled it. No, it didn't exist. And then the next day, because I had to go to work, the next day I went on legal Zoom. Yeah. Boom. Trademarked <laughs> it. Right. The name. Got the logo done in a week with a homie from my from Audible, Jason Merlino. What up, bro? He took my little hand style and put the little S with the, with the tail. That was his idea. He he killed it. Nice. Uh, then I logo. then the very next day on Legal Zoom again, I trademark and copyright the logo, and boom, that was twenty seventeen, I think, or maybe twenty sixteen, twenty seventeen. Yeah. Short, yeah. short, short path to how you, you self-publish. Yeah. You didn't, this is not a, a KDP Kindle direct publishing with Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. So was I this something you to. knew about or you just figured I have to learn about it now that I, I I'm, I'm going to do a book, but how do I now get it out to the public? Or did you have some I, background in that already? I had to learn, but I had help at audible because audible is an audio book company. So I actually did yep. the first book audio book through them. And that was a dope mm. process. Shouts to ACX, Scott That's Jacoby, cool. Michael Stover, Charles Clerk, Nicole. I love those people. They they helped me grow crazy in Audible. Like gave me my start. Let yeah. me. I was on TV. I was on Jimmy the Jimmy Fallon. I was on like Car, uh, Boomer and Carton. I was on all these like shows rapping, and they were like, "Yeah, take off work. Come come at lunch. Just let me go on TV." And I was like, "Yo, that was so." I love those people. Anyway, that's very cool. This chick, Hannah Wall, she worked there too. She put me onto KDP and she was like, publish it yourself because you got indie publishers that'll, that'll gank you and charge you money and then they use that same process. Right, right. It, uh, cut right. out the middleman, you know? So, yeah. Uh, this, and it felt like trying to get a record deal, dude. It, felt, it feels the same way right now. I'm selling albums out of my trunk like Too Short, indie publishing <laughs> with Amazon. But right. I'm still trying to get on a big label like Scholastic or Penguin or Random House. Yeah. And I need a literary agent, which is like having an MC, having a manager, because you can't send unsolicited demos to to Electro Records. It's the same thing, dude. It's the, I'm not even kidding. I, I know the process of trying to get a literary agent very well. Yeah, yeah. Let I feel just... like I'm trying to be a famous rapper again. I'm like, you know right. what? It's Yeah. And then, no, thank you. We don't, at least I'm they good. give you some notes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we don't align with this at this time, but it sounds great. No, you know, huh? thanks. New York taught me to do it yourself. My stepfather and my papi in Puerto Rico told me to set goals and do it yourself. My, my stepfather told me, buy a shovel when it's snowing. Shovel snow, make money. Invest yeah. some of that money into a second shovel and invite your boy. Double the manpower, double the elbow grease, more money, more snow. Okay. Yeah. White gold. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Little things like that, bro. Like it goes yeah. a long way. And then now I'm in this world. Yeah. Doing pretty good, man. I'm paying bills. Um, I'm investing money. I'm helping my family. I'm 401 k in it. I'm yeah. I'm you know what I'm saying? I'm 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 doing all right. And but now I wanna I want more because I'm like, I see what I'm doing. I'm like, damn, bro. Yeah, I mean, this is something I that obviously can <laughs> go. This is something that can obviously go into uh, different, you know, mediums. Uh, you know, clearly, yeah, I'm yeah. sure you have plans for that. Let me yeah, ask you yeah. one thing. Um, taking it back to hip hop, all your experiences as an indie artist. You mentioned you touched upon this: trying to get a record deal, pivoting, tr going overseas, uh, doing corporate stuff. It's all like deviations from the path, but they're good. It's more like a branch of a tree, and you're just like yeah, soaking yeah. up all the. Um, what did yeah? What did what did your 
experiences, how, how did they help you get this book thing going? Mm-hmm. And in some ways, were there any ways that it hurt you that you had to say, okay, this isn't like being trying to be an MC, and I had to get out of an old habit? Oh, boy. You know, it set me up pretty good because, like, for example, the illustrator, Charles, Charles Ugas, he's the best. He did mad album covers for me and my crew. So I already had like this ill chemistry with him where I would send him an idea and he would draw an album cover and he would nail it. And I was like, damn, yeah. dude. But yo, can you draw me a post apocalyptic literary scholar warrior? And he, I did a song. <laughs> Bro, I did it's like a song the AI. Like, it's like the AI now. Yo, like, you know, for real. Yeah, oh my yeah. God. He is like a, he's a human version of that. I did yeah. a song with Yesh, <laughs> Eternal Suarez, and Nems like five years ago. And my boy from Norway. And he drew the single cover. And I literally text him, I'm going to send you the art too. Maybe you can like pop it in there. Yeah, yeah. Post-apocalyptic schol- literary scholar warrior. And he killed it, bro. He's reading a book <laughs> with, with skull armor and like, he, oh, it's amazing. <laughs> so I had, I had an illustrator. I knew how to yeah. write because of my extensive years uh, writing songs and and. You know, but at this point that I'm writing Rhymosaurs, I was already writing jingles, getting paid by licensing companies, getting my mm. songs used in cartoons. Like I've been doing that. Yeah. Then at the same time, Audible set me up to learn about publishing and copywriting your own stuff. Trade, I trade. Oh, bro, I copywrote the artwork under the artist's name mm. to protect him. If this thing pops off on, like you said, the next medium, they can't right. screw him over because I'm smart right. and I put the art under under his name a hundred percent right so right. that even i Why can't screw this? him over I'll, I'll never do that right. to him but we're, right. we're like this is our thing forever you know what i'm saying yeah i learned that business practice because i worked at a big ass company mm. like, like 600 people with a business development department and a social media department and a data and analytics department and a yeah. marketing department hr yeah uh, what else tech yeah, you know when you're the podcast Manny Faces guy, you're all of those guys. Yeah, you're, yeah. you have and to. I, be you're right. I learned. I learned that from working at jobs, and also having that hip hop sensibility of we just gonna flip it, we are gonna remix it, we are gonna make oh. it work. Yeah. Oh. oh, what happened? There's no more. There's no more uh, cones for the ice cream. Heat up some <laughs> egos, bro, and make a little sandwich. Make a little sandwich, bro. Oops, we ran out of cones. Right. <laughs> My hip hop brain tells me right. grab some egos, cut them in half, toast them, put ice cream in the middle with some chocolate syrup, and you make a sandwich. A Flip idea. it, remix it. So yeah. that's how I always go up, a pre, uh, approach life. And now with the teaching it at schools, the the principals and stuff are bugging out because they're like, we have this budget, we have that. I'm like, oh, sick. I'm gonna bring a DJ, a B girl, and a guy mm. to help show the kids how to do bubble. I bring all four elements to these assemblies. Right. That's because great. they're paying me so much that I'm realizing I can't handle 500 kids alone with a bump box and a microphone. Right. I need a, I need a team. So then I get to do the montage like in a, a heist movie. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. When you have yeah. to start picking your team and who's yeah, going to help right. you rob the safe. So Opening like, oh. now, Zip 7. You know. Yeah, yeah. The, ocean, the seven, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kaleidoscope. Yeah, and then yeah. I hit up some DJs. Oh, this guy has work; he can't do it. Oh, he's watching his kids; he can't do it. Boom, he can do it. Hit we up have the a little girl. network. Yeah, yeah, bro. It's yeah. it's amazing. I love it. I love it. And then I bring that. I educate. I'm showing how the four elements started in the Bronx. I'm explaining 
how like it's called breaking because it's the drum breaks of the record. I'm I'm telling them that breaking's in the Olympics in two years, and they're like, "Oh my god, three yeah. one year, two years, yeah, next uh, year, soon, soon." <laughs> uh, all of this is like snowballing and snowballing, and it's awesome because I'm bran- I'm yeah. branching out. I'm I'm in the Bay. I'm in LA. I did it a bunch in Norway already. I did Rhymasaurs events and school school visits and school tours already in Norway. Like I'm already fusing it, doing workshops. Yeah. All because of because of, of the rap. Yeah, yeah. I love well, it. That's, I, I can't that's, handle it. That's why you know every time I wanted to talk to you and get you on the show and talk about all the things you're doing, you then ended up doing another thing. So it was yeah. great because now it's like by the time I get you, you've done all the things. Um, so up. with with that in mind, as we wrap up a little bit, uh, you know what is next and what can you uh, don't give away your secret sauce and your all your you know business plans and all that. But no, what do you listen. think? What are you working on? What do you think <laughs> it's going to be next? You know what I mean? I'm just. I'm enjoying what's going on right now because the I'm getting steady gigs. I'm doing a lot of the the school stuff. the The MC yeah. work is crazy. I'm doing fundraisers, so I'm that's kind of what I'm doing at the moment. Yeah, you know. But I got another book coming out. Probably we're gonna push book five for the Olympics. We actually have a b boy character mm. that uh, that has he's a stegosaurus with plates on his back. He's Norwegian b-boy, so I'm giving a big love letter to Norway with this one because he's from Oslo, and he can't do backspins and power moves because of his plates, and he's bummed oh. out about it. His, his, phys, his physicality kind of depresses him. But then he meets a b-girl from the Bronx who teaches him to be the best top rocker and be the funkiest b-boy in the battles. He starts winning battles and beating more fancy b-boys with musicality and funk, and that's going to be his story, and that's going to be our next book. That's what's up. He so happens to meet an MC from Brooklyn who moves to Norway. Hmm. Interesting. He's, and then they form the Rhymosaurus crew. So that's how it's expanding. We're getting we're finally finding a way because the one thing we were missing in all of our books was the breaking culture. So now our next book will do that. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm not kind of I'm just saying I'm not buying a Brooklyn MC moving to Norway. I don't know. Just I'm not buying that story. Doesn't sound real. It happened. It happened. Yeah, man. I was sleeping on couches and studios, and it was wild. Yeah. In the subway, it was nuts. Um, yeah. And I'm still doing grown man rap. I'm 41 years old. I'm still like I'm doing two EPs this year with with like one producer. I'm on hella verses, and I'm like featured on Mad People's albums the past two years. Just drop like I love writing. I love rhyming. I love putting out songs. I'm re-releasing an album on cassette that I never. It was supposed to be a cassette. I put it on Spotify. TuneCore stinks. They took it down. Mm. So I'm like, you know what? It it exists kind of in the internet, but yeah. it's not streaming. So I want to leave it that way. Mm. And I want to just put it on a tape. So Like lost just, lost tape. Lost tape. There you go. Yeah. And that's what I'm doing, you know? And I'm just trying to make Rhymosaurs the next SpongeBob or the next Yo Gabba Gabba so that it's like in other countries and it's helping kids learn and it's like a it's going to be a huge show. I'm going to have a bidding war between HBO Max, Hulu, and Netflix is going to want to get the licensing rights to make the cartoon. It's going to be wild. Yeah, that makes sense. And then, well, and I, then you know. No, go ahead. Just, that's, that's what I see. I want, I want, that's the next step. I, I feel like that's the ultimate step is where I want to go. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I suspect you're the one to do it, my friend. So, Woo-hoo! you know, yeah, man. Uh, so listen, I thank you again. Uh, where can people find, you know, Ramasaurs find you all the, all the regular end of, uh, interview, uh, shenanigans. Uh, 
I have two websites, google.com, and then yep. you can put you put Zeps, Z-E-P-S, and then you'll see everything yep. I've ever done. And yep. then my other website is rhymesaurus.com. Very cool. Order Very, direct. Is that what, can you order direct through you or do you prefer yeah, yeah, yeah. through? You can go, you can go through the website cause it just takes you to Amazon anyway, but Hey, okay. they're my publisher. I get direct royalties. Yeah. DIY kids hustle, make deal. it happen. This, it's becoming an entrepreneur series. I had another wonderful guest on the last episode, DIY. Uh, they made, uh, I'll put you onto this. Oh, where is it? Uh, University of Dope card game. You ever see this? Ooh, that's fun. I want to get that for cool, Christmas. Uh, you'd have a lot of fun with it. It's a uh, very fun hip hop party game where there are no right answers. Um, so it's pretty cool. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, so check oh. out the last episode. Shouts, shouts to A.V. Perkins at University of Dope. Shouts to <laughs> Zeps and Rhymasaurs. Entrepreneurial spirit lives in hip-hop culture, and there are uh, no better representatives, sir, than yourself uh, who's out there doing it big. Shouts to Emmanuel Face-Driguez. That's his real full... Mm. That's where Manny Face came from. Uh, Emmanuel uh, Face-Driguez. I don't know if you guys knew uh, that. Fun fact. Uh, that's his man, real name. <laughs> Secrets, man. Luckily, I can edit it out. Holler at me when you come to California. I'm near the Bay. So if you're ever by uh, Oakland, San Fran, uh, San Jose, Sacramento, any there, holler. I'm yeah. driving now. Let's link up. <laughs> I got an April trip. I'll be in Hanford. I'm not, wherever right. that is. It's somewhere in I'm California. A, I'm, I'm, I'm doing speaking. I'll, I'll come Sick. through. I'm doing a lot, I'm doing a lot of speaking. Podcast. So what I'll try to find some you know things to do in the area. And we'll All hang right, out. Brother. And then uh, yeah, yeah. thank you again, man. I appreciate your time. Let's go Mets. Let's open the Yankee hat. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> Thanks again to Ramasaurus creator Zeps. Remember, you can visit his very own website, Google, and also Ramasaurus.com for more information or to purchase the books. He's also on Instagram at Zepstagram and at Ramasaurus. You can find me on IG as well if you want, Manny Faces Official, or visit ManyFaces.com to get more info or to book me talk to your school, organization, or business about how lessons from 50 years of hip-hop can help innovate whatever you've got going on. Any questions, suggestions for future shows, or compliments, those are nice, email us at hiphopcansaveamerica at gmail.com. And make sure you're following Hip Hop Can Save America on your favorite audio or podcast app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Casts, we're everywhere. And if you prefer the visuals, please smash that subscribe button at youtube.com slash mannyfaces. If you like this kind of stuff, you're going to really dig my free newsletter filled with stories like this, hip-hop-fueled innovation and insight, plus upcoming events, and an editorial here and there, a manifesto, if you will. That's at mannyfaces.substack.com. And if you feel inclined to help support the show and the newsletter, allowing them both to stay fully independent and unbeholden to any corporate interests, the way hip-hop should be, visit patreon.com slash mannyfaces. I am Manny Faces, and I'm honored to have your attention. I'll do my best to continue earning it. Thank you, as always, to our brilliant associate producer, Summer. Check out her amazing initiatives, Hip Hop Hacks, and the Mixtape Museum. Until next time, peace and love. Once again, thanks for listening to another episode of Hip Hop Can Save America, a.k.a. the world's most important hip hop podcast. My name is Manny Faces. You can find out more about the show at hiphopcansaveamerica.com. You can watch the show now as a live stream on YouTube, hiphopcansaveamerica.com slash watch. Check back for all the replays as well. The interviews from the live stream will be brought here onto the audio feed, so you always get the best of the live stream. You can also check out our Substack newsletter. It's free at mannyfaces.substack.com, filled with stories of hip-hop innovation, inspiration, and in general, hip-hop news that isn't about dumb shit. <laughs> 
Eternal shouts to our consulting producer, Summer McCoy. Be sure to check out her dope initiatives, Hip Hop Hacks, and the Mixtape Museum. We'll be back soon with another dope episode, but check us out on the live stream as well. Mondays, 9 p.m. Eastern, hiphopcasaveamerica.com slash watch. Until next time, it's Many Faces wishing peace and love to you and yours.